Today's On Shuffle episode is brought to you by Belvedere Vodka. Produced in one of the world's longest-running distilleries, Belvedere Vodka is the world's finest all-natural vodka. Crafted by a collective of master distillers, Belvedere Vodka is made with non-GMO Polish rye, pure water, and no additives. Recognized for quality, Belvedere Vodka has been named the ISC World Vodka Producer of the Year in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Thus, we're excited to have Belvedere Vodka as the sponsor of On Shuffle. Enjoy a delicious cocktail with Belvedere Vodka today. You are probably going to need one. And remember to always drink responsibly. Welcome to On Shuffle, ladies and gentlemen, it is beef, beef between Drake and Pusha T. I'm your host, Micah Peters, staff writer at The Ringer, and I'm shocked. The nerve, the audacity for Pusha T to drop a response to Drake's Duppy Freestyle, which was a response to the seventh song on the seventh song album, Daytona, after he recorded a whole episode of On Shuffle. Welcome back. Today we need to talk about these two titans in the in the ring trading haymakers because that's what it is now. You're in luck. We do have an episode for you today because I had to frantically call my colleague Donnie Kwok to make sense of all this. And here is our discussion, unedited. <laughs> Donnie, Donnie. Donnie, Yo. you, you dead, man? Emergency pod. <laughs> Emergency pod. Listen, I know that a lot of crazy stuff has been going on, but Donnie, just for all posterity, walk us through exactly how it is we got here. I don't know how exact I can be on this, but essentially when Pusher was part of the clip, he and Lil Wayne and Baby had like traded some barbs uh, in interviews and records and such. And then Pusher went solo, Drake obviously is an associate of Lil Wayne and Baby, and he kind of picked up the beef mantle for them and started trading jabs here and there. Well, Pusha, I mean, rap is a competitive sport, and the best rappers tend to go after each other if they have no affiliation, and and that's kind of what happened. So they've always been perceived as kind of uh, rivals of a sort who had never actually gone full bore at each other until Infrared and Duppy Freestyle and now this freestyle. Right. It's been a kind of a cold war that really heated up last Friday with the the last song on uh, Push's album, where he has he, he begins the song with this kind of general state of the union thing about how people on the charts are succeeding in gimmicky ways. So he's just kind of like, he cribs the Jay-Z line. It's just like, the game's fucked up, niggas beats banging, nigga, your hooks did it. The lyric pinning equal to Trump's winning. The bigger question is how the Russians did it. It was written like Nas, but it came from Quentin. And then goes on to compare Drake's success, his commercial success to uh, basically Donald Trump winning the presidential election, which Drake obviously took exception to. So then Drake clapped back with the Duffy Freestyle, which you can essentially pare down to his criticism of Pusha being that he's not what he portrays in his raps. He doesn't sell as many records as Drake, which is a fact. And that Kanye has used his ghostwriters, including Drake, to improve his music. So that's kind of an illegitimate 
claim on Pusha's part or not a valid way to criticize him. Father had to stretch his hands out and get it from me. I pop style for 30 hours, then let him repeat. Now you popping up with the jokes, I'm dead, I'm asleep. I just left from over by y'all putting pen to the sheets. Tired of sitting quiet and helping my enemies eat. Keep getting temperature checks. Uh, I think it would have been all well and good if he had kept it at that. But he also invokes the name of Pusha's fiance, Virginia Williams, towards the end of the freestyle. And I think that opened the floodgates for Pusha to come back even more personal uh, with the story of Adidas. Confused, always felt you weren't black enough. Afraid to grow it because your fro wouldn't nap enough. Since you name dropped my fiance, let them know who you chose as your Beyonce. Sophie knows better as your baby mother. Cleaned her up for IG, but the stench is on her. A baby's involved, it's deeper than rap. We talking character, let me keep with the facts. You are hiding a child, let that boy come home. Yeah, which is. And then it's no longer rap shit. It's, <laughs> it's like, this is like, everything's on, on, on the table now. Yeah. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And what was your first, like, knee jerk reaction when you first heard the song? I guess the first thing I thought of was. I was surprised, actually, that Pusha came back that quickly. I thought he might have recorded something or had been planning something over the weekend uh, after Drake had dropped the, the Duffy freestyle. Mm -hmm. But when I first heard that he was on the radio with Flex with a diss record, I, all I could feel was really sheer excitement because the fact that he came back to a record that a lot of people were saying had pierced him, I was really interested to hear what he had to say, and it did not disappoint. You and I talked a little bit about this. Like, there wasn't really kind of any expectation that, you know, like it, maybe Pusha would just take it in stride, I guess, because he is in the middle of promoting an album and he doesn't have like a, a long history of impulsive reactions to things. Right. And he's the master of kind of the subliminal diss. So even in his diss on Infrared on Daytona against Drake, it's still obviously everybody knows who he's talking about. But it's not, it's like jabs. It's not like knockout blows. And this, and I honestly think that Drake probably thought it was over or was not going to be this protracted thing. And I think that's probably a little bit of a result of his cockiness after the way he was able to dispatch Meek Mill so easily. But he poked a different kind of animal here. <laughs> and, uh, right. I mean, like, like it, it initially, it seemed as if it might just be, you know, like the, the regular kind of jabbing for sport, right? It seemed like they were hunting for sport and not for, I don't know, food or playing for... Maybe the better analogy is, you know, like not exactly playing for blood quite yet. True, but <laughs> it's still kind of like... It's still just kind of rap shit. And I think... Yeah, it definitely is. Drake's response was, for the most part, rap shit. And I think if he had kept it at along the lines of what he did on Duppy Freestyle, which is like, Pusha, you're not real, and you don't sell as many records as me, and Kanye uses ghostwriters, that's all well and good. But I think invoking the name of Pusha's fiance, Virginia Williams, pretty much opened the floodgates for Pusha to come back with a personal attack, and he just went fucking nuclear. Right. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. And, and on the song, it's basically one long verse while we went we we all went away or had vacations over Memorial Day Pusha was in the lab was and, researching and, and came back extremely disrespectful <laughs> he was researching but I, honestly the way it sounds is like and as you said because this beef has been marinating for so long I feel like he had some of these lines ready to go or he you know it didn't feel rushed or forced I mean it felt surgically surgical summer I mean it felt very well thought out 
All right, so let's count the bodies here that Pusha has on the story of Adi Don. It's one verse, and he killed Drake, Drake's dad, Drake's mom, Drake's alleged love child, and also Drake's best friend. Yeah, Damn. and for those of y'all that uh, don't know, uh, Drake's best friend and longtime collaborator Noah Fordyshabib has multiple sclerosis. Like, and I mean, Pusha T poked fun at that. And before you feel too bad about that, remember that Drake also made fun of Kid Cudi for being depressed. So, and that Tupac said prodigy at sickle cell. I mean, you know, exactly. Not not a whole lot of things are off limits in rap beef. And we're going to talk a little more about that. But first, we're going to take a break. Driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody, Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. In fact, for every 10 mattresses Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program. They also plant one tree for every mattress sold and donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. Not to mention, with a patented universal adaptive feel, Lisa is designed for all types of sleepers and features three premium foam layers, including two-inch Avena foam top layer for cooling and breathability, a two-inch memory foam middle layer for body contouring and pressure relief, and six-inch dense core support foam for durability and structure, which works for sleepers of all sizes, especially for those sleepers that are losing sleep over whether or not they will miss a response, maybe, if they fall asleep. And now, Lisa has continued to expand its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, blanket, foundation, and frame. No wonder it's a Forbes top 20 startups to watch. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Available in the US, UK, Canada, and Germany online with free shipping, this 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your door. Or try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, New York, and Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. For Memorial Day, get $160 off. $160! When you go to leesa.com slash shuffle. Again, that's lisa.com, leesa.com slash shuffle. Donnie, now that we're back from the break, I know that you also had a visceral reaction to seeing Drake in blackface on the cover of Story of Adidon. Who would you say at this juncture in time, like in a vacuum right now, who's winning? Whatever that means. Push is definitely winning. Push is definitely winning. And you also have to remember that Drake released a single over the weekend called I'm Upset, which didn't really make a big splash and was actually kind of disregarded pretty quickly which is the lead single to his forthcoming album scorpion and it was by all internet consensus sonic mid right and (laughs) (laughs) nobody's really nobody's really excited about that track they're a little upset by it a little everyone's a little confused why you drop that in the middle of a really tense rap beef but it happened and we're here i think in drake's eyes he probably thought, okay, I just took care of Pusha, and now I'm just going to drop this song and capitalize on that momentum. Right. I mean, like the f- he did send uh, Pusha T and Good Music that $100,000 invoice for reviving his career and album promo. And then right. after that, 
the next Instagram post was, okay, now back to this album, here's the next single, and then it was just bung. Right, and, the, and those types of tactics or strategical moves usually work out for Drake, and in this case, it just kind of backfired on him. Yeah, but I, I know that you were, were talking to me a little bit about Daytona, which you kind of got to hear a little before everybody else, and then you were kind of lukewarm on it, and then you liked it, and then you thought it was good, but you also said that after hearing Pusha T's response to Drake, it also kind of changed your perception of the album? It did, it did. I mean, is it a little weird for me to say that I think if Story of Adidon was on Daytona, it would be my favorite song of Daytona? Hmm. I don't know that it's necessarily that weird, except for the fact that, you know, like the story of OJ beat was already on Jay-Z's album. Uh, That would be the only thing that's weird about it, yeah. I think after listening to Daytona on Friday... I was left a little cold. I mean, I thought it was like a very good Pusha T album, mm-hmm. but it didn't strike me as something that was like particularly innovative or urgent or fresh. It sounded just like a collection of Pusha T's best verses over very excellent Kanye production. Uh, not a bad album, but nothing that was like moving the needle for me as far as how I view Pusha. But the release of the story of Adidon kind of changes the way I see Pusha because context is everything for me uh, when I kind of consume rap. And now that Pusha has kind of stepped to the plate as he is seizing his moment right now. And that, to me, kind of changes the way I view him as an artist. Because he could have very easily just taken the Duffy freestyle to the chin and just sort of, you know, lay back with, with, with Daytona still kind of soaking in accolades, I guess. But he's kind of clearing out a space for himself. Yeah, and said he came roaring back saying, you mentioned wedding ring like that's a bad thing. Your father walked away at five, not much of a dad thing. I know. I mean, we're, these are quotes that we will be reciting for years to come, and that's how this rap beef shit works. But I, I, it changes the way I look at Pusha now because I think Pusha, you, get, you don't get that many moments to kind of announce yourself. And he's had a long career, 20-year career, basically, both with the clips and solo. He's never been a star. And this is kind of his star moment because he's taking on the biggest rapper in the game. And now I look at him differently. Now I look at him as like, you know, I was kind of scoffing at people mentioning him in the all-time great discussion and, I, and at risk of sound hyperbolic, you know, on the heels of him just dropping this disc. He is maybe not in that discussion now, but he's, this is the way you get into that discussion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, very By true. kind of like taking on being the number one contender and embracing that role of like, you can't fuck with me no matter who you are. And now I hear his voice in a different way. Like, fuck, you're serious, man. Like this isn't some like this Coke, this Coke crap shit might be like what you do well, but you're actually like, you're about it. You're actually, you're actually the, 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 the pit bull that everybody claims you to be basically is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. And so maybe this is the ultimate fulfillment of his potential. Daytona was the start of that, and then now this kind of seals it, where it's like, okay, you, your legacy now is like being formed in a new way. Yeah, right. Because like with Daytona, the, the 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 essential quandary there is just kind of like, is it stoicism or is it stagnation? But I guess with the addition of this diss track, I mean, you it, it changes the complexion of a lot of things. But for Drake's part, like, what does he do now? Like, where does he go from here? Well, I was thinking about this earlier because Drake is very much in the position that Jay-Z was when Jay-Z and Nas went at it. And in, in, in that analogy, Pusha is Nas. 
So Drake is basically standing where Jay-Z was after Nas dropped Ether, metaphorically, because for the record, I think the Pusha dish is, is better than Ether. Oh, wow. The point is Pusha wow. I want, no, hey, I, listen, guys, break that out. I need that, like, just for, for myself. I'm just going to hug it for yeah. warmth at night. I mean, maybe that's just because, personally, I think the story of Adidon is a more biting, it's more accurate punches, and Ether is more broad swipes. You know, I mean, Ether was undoubtedly a powerful record. Mm-hmm. Outside of the comparison of the record to record, the point is, Pusha in the Nas position has released a disc record that I guess the court of public opinion and Twitter has quickly rallied behind because it's like the underdog is taking on and toppling the biggest rapper alive. So when Jay-Z was in that position, he kind of panicked and fumbled. I mean, I, I don't know you guys remember, like after Ether, his response, which he delivered straight to Funkmaster Flex was mm-hmm. the super ugly freestyle where he went lower. It was like, go low, go lower. And, he, and, and I think the public response to that, which was negative, basically knocked Jay-Z, Hova, off his perch for a couple of years. And he was kind of, you know, lost with the Blueprint 2 and this and that. And, and he obviously came back with the Black Album. But it kind of just shows you how tenuous the crown can be because, you know, a week ago, Drake was on top of the world and now it's kind of like he's in a tenuous position. Mm-hmm. Not to say that his career is over. Of course it's not. But his next move is going to be the most important move of his career to this point. I don't know how much I believe that. I still feel like Drake is like this inevitable force that is like it's it, like, what are you going to do? But for the first time, it does feel like it's 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 possible for the first time. His position does seem precarious. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, it's like when Mike Tyson got punched by Buster Douglas for the first time. It's like you don't <laughs> think it can happen until, until, until it, happens. it happens. Yeah. He can and, hit and us. Has, We're hurting. <laughs> we are bleeding. And, and Drake has been able to like clap back and, and, and kind of like talk down any opponent in the past. But this, again, as we said, is a different kind of beast. And I don't know, man. I don't know. Before we kind of wrap this up here, I you did say, you did say the story of Adidon was better than Ether. Is this the most exciting rap beef that you've experienced since Jay-Z versus Nas? Uh, I mean, I think it's exciting in a different way because I think the Nas Jay Z thing being like an intra New York City feud, uh, the fact that at that point in rap, like the street, we weren't that far removed from two of the biggest rappers dying, and I think yeah. there was like also a street aspect to it that made it feel more dangerous. Mm-hmm. This is still kind of, although it's getting personal and a, and a little unsavory, uh, still feels just like a rap a rap type of thing only, but it is fucking thrilling. Like it, it, it definitely, I'm, you know, like hyper right now. My adrenaline is up just from like, you know, cause all the elements are there from the flex dropping the bombs and like people going crazy and speculating on what's going to happen next and dissecting the lines. It's like, it is fun. That it is. But I don't know if it's, the, it's not the best ever, but you know, it's, it's the best we've had probably since that one. Don't, wouldn't you agree? I'm not ready to say the best ever, but I will say that it's going to be difficult for me to stop typing in all caps. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Donnie, thank you for, for being with me when I needed you most. Thank you. Let's just hope Drake doesn't record a response in the next 15 minutes. Yeah, let's really hope that that doesn't happen. And also, to all y'all out there on Twitter posting photos and videos of, of Drake's alleged baby mama, stop that shit right now. Thank you. But keep the memes coming. I concur. Peace out. And you talking about you upset. 
<laughs> well, I want to see what it's like when you get angry. Thank you so much for bearing with us through this emergency episode of On Shuffle. Special thanks to Donnie Kwok for joining me in my hour of need and shout out my producers, Agia Chagre and Zach Mack. Don't forget to check out our playlist that we will be updating every week with the songs that we're listening to. A link to that is in the description. Please go get that. Also, please rate and subscribe if you like the show. We'd really, really appreciate it. In this fraught time where people are saying so many things they can't take back, just remember to be excellent to one another. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.